to Humans Talking, the podcast where we discuss the challenges of staying healthy in today's modern, fast-paced world. And I'm Tiffany Sims, your burnout recovery expert and holistic wellness coach. And today, I am here with my dear friend, Melissa Daglu, who is a health coach as well. And her and I have been connected probably for like eight or nine months now. We went through a class, a business class together. And from the moment I met this woman, when I tell you that she radiates the screen, even when she's nervous and terrified and unsure, like she just... (laughs) Like, I don't know how to explain it. And I hope that you guys will get to see what I mean by during our conversation today. She is just such a gift and such a light. Um, and I am personally grateful to now call you my friend and have you in my world. I've learned so much from you. So, Melise, why don't you share with the people who you are, where you're from, what makes you you? Absolutely. Well, I got to tell you, I, I'm so grateful to be your friend and to have you in my life. Same, everything that you said and more about you as well. But Without further ado, let me just introduce myself. I'm an IIN, Institute of Integrative Nutrition Certified uh, Holistic Health Coach, helping moms prioritize their health, beat exhaustion, feel good in their clothes, and eliminate guilt. Um, My passion is healing the world through healing the mothers, because I believe world peace starts at home. And when we are at peace with ourselves, we're going to be in peace with our families. We're going to raise kids who are mentally healthy. And the world will be a better place. It, it's such a huge ripple effect that we don't realize. So I think really happy moms mean happy kids means happy future world. So I really, really, um, you know, crave and uh, desire to have an impact in the moms of today, uh, because we see so much in today's adults that are remnants of the wounds that they had as kids. Not because their moms were bad moms, because they didn't make the time to get in touch with their own needs. So I really believe it was a different world that wasn't a thing. Yeah, it wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing at all. So I really am so happy with where I am in my life. Uh, I get to do this. I get to touch people's lives in a way uh, that can impact the future generations. Um, I also have a degree in biochemistry and a master's in biotechnology. So I have a, I am a science nerd, but I really am more of a connected human being. So I really love how I bring my two sides together, parts of myself together in this work. I did not realize how similar you and I are. I also have a degree in biochemistry and biology. Look at us finding that out now. (laughs) The nutrition certs, the fitness certs, like the health stuff there. And I also very much agree with you um, that humanity is truly relying on women freeing up the mental space that is consumed by what we ate, what we did or didn't eat and how we look and truly believe that if we can get women back in touch with their intuition in helping them create a life free of food guilt and shame where they just get to pick foods that make them feel alive, that it mm-hmm. frees up that mental space where they can go serve the gifts to this world that only they can serve. Yes. So like, I love how aligned you and I are on that. Yes. And I didn't know all of those details. That's so cool. That is so cool. That's why we've been attracted to each other. Now <laughs> right? it all comes together. <laughs> I love how you learn more about your friends the more you hang out with them. So yeah. I know that for me, a lot of my passions and where I'm going in this field of health and wellness has to do with a lot of my own personal story and experience. Mm -hmm. How did your life lead you here? Like, what was the turning point that you would say where you're like, enough's enough, and now I need to go teach other people the secrets that I really learned? Well, um, I mean, life was cooking me throughout my childhood to this journey um, in in terms of health, but really awareness-wise, my turning point was when I had two major car accidents, seven months apart in 2019 and 2020, uh, right before COVID. And both of them were like, I was like a millisecond away from a really disastrous outcome. Um, 
the, the car like almost turned over with one and another one a big garbage, garbage industrial grade garbage truck hit me oh my god um and it was really really those moments where like life is warning you and the second time i was like okay really really now i gotta stop because life is trying to tell me something and at that point in time at both times what i was doing is i was going around like running around like a headless chicken over scheduling myself overachieving overarching my back to get everything done because back then my definition of healthy my definition of living my best life was doing everything as perfectly as I can and pushing myself to doing the things that I was I said I was going to do without listening to my own current needs so I was not aligned perfectly yeah when I say perfectly meaning um you know perfectly I said I was going to work out five times a week this week I'm not going to miss out a work it even if work out even if I feel like I'm my back hurts that morning or I feel like I'm tired I could take a break this morning like I was like a soldier following everything um to the point that I think I was addicted to it I, I was addicted to the to having a task to do all the time um and with food I was perfectionist with what I was feeding my family and with my parenting I was perfectionist and I was reading parenting books all the time it was just like I had too many expectations for myself and I had no touch with what my gut was telling me what my my intuition was telling me um, I was not slowing down. I didn't make time to sit down to have coffee or tea for even 10 minutes a day for years. And after the second accident, this was three weeks before the COVID lockdown, um, I said to myself, I'm going to you know, put a seatbelt on myself and lock myself on this chair. And I'm not going to go to these fitness classes and listening to people telling me what to do. I'm just going to sit in silence and listen to what the heck what I need to listen to because life is telling me to stop. And it was one of the hardest things to do because I was so, um, uh, you know, uh, I, I just really wanted to go to that class that identity. was happening there. Your, it was part of your identity. Yeah, it was part of my identity. And it was like this check mark thing like I I went to my class and I went this and I did this and I was like no it is okay to do nothing let's just sit down and journal and I forced myself three weeks before the COVID lockdown when, when we didn't know anything about what was about to come um and when I slowed down I realized that I had left my soul way behind in the journey I was sprinting through life and I didn't know what I was chasing Mm -hmm. why I was chasing it, what I was after. I was just keeping myself busy. On paper, somebody who looked could have said, well, she's eating healthy, she's exercising, but I, I wasn't in touch. I um, love that you said that you didn't know what you were working for, mm -hmm. where you were going yeah. with it, because I think that's a really important part of this is that, you know, you go to the grocery store and you see all those like lose 30 pounds in a month or here's a seven day workout plan and this and that. And, or you get someone else's workout program. It's like celebrities routine, but like, you don't know what their goals were and the goal yeah. determines the path. Yes. And when you don't yes. know where you're going, especially if you're just in the, I want to be healthy. I want to be fit. I don't want to feel miserable anymore. You do whatever it is that you think you're supposed to militantly, but there's so much that goes into that, like knowing what the goal is, because then you get to choose what the path is going to be and you have purpose in the movement. Absolutely. And I want to add one more thing on top of knowing the goal, knowing why you want to chase that goal is important yes. because if I want to be a model and walking on stage, I might go work out seven days a week. But if I want to be the mom, I want to be and the woman I want to be and the wife I want to be and the citizen I want to be in this world. And how, if I know what kind of who I want to be, then what I want to do today will be different. So, yes. yeah. Have you noticed that since learning that, like intuitively learning the difference between 
going through the motions versus knowing why you're doing it. Do mm -hmm. your are your choices easier and Absolutely. or are they different on a daily basis? Instant. Instantly I am able to listen to my gut. I am able to hear what I need that day and give it to myself and not feel guilty for not sticking to my plan because I had that perfect side of me, but I said I was going to do it. Yeah. Maybe I I just set my schedule wrong then because right now my body is telling me no. There comes the flexibility and staying away from that rigidity that can be so cold and suffocating without really realizing. I don't know about you, but I know there's there has been times for me where I've noticed that like my flex I've gotten stiff and that mm -hmm. my muscles aren't as flexible or they're limber. And so it's like, all right, I'm gonna start going to yoga or take these extra classes to work on that. But then I don't let go of whatever the weight training was or the running routine I was mm -hmm. in, and they start competing. Yeah. And it took me a really long time to let go of the plan. Like I'm going to do this 90 day workout program. And in that I'm going to add extra yoga. And it's like, no, like, what are your goals? Are your goals yeah. like strength? Because there's a reason you need strength right now or for the next 30 to 90 days, you really are working on flexibility yeah. and it's Just okay that you go to yoga three times a week and walk for four days a week and do nothing else. Yeah. That yeah. was such a like mind blowing and uncomfortable like journey for me to heal that because yeah. I thought that I was failing and I was being lazy and that I was making excuses and that I was gonna gain all this weight and get fat. And then I learned that that's not true at all. It goes back to knowing what it is that your body is, needs and what it's working on. Absolutely, it's, it all goes back to trying to do it all and expecting too much from ourselves. And, and the realization comes from honoring that your needs will change over time. And uh, another thing that I keep telling myself is, because I heard this from one of my instructors in one of my coaching trainings, and he said, you will get to do everything you want to do in your life, but not all at the same time. You have a long life ahead of you. You will get to do them all, but not all at the same time. So patience mm. and, and trust that there will be a time for everything. It, it doesn't go just for exercise. It goes from, for business goals or any goals that you might have, you know, learning something new, learning a new language, traveling, whatever it is, there is the right time for everything. Um, and the same thing for your exercise. Like you said, your body's needs will change. Your life's um, demands will change. You will be able to do different things in different seasons of your life. So just to, to act um, as if we're part of nature, you know, like a flower doesn't say, why can I not bloom now during winter? It just knows. Right. Just like an apple tree doesn't get mad that it takes it four to six years to bear fruit. Yeah. yeah. But we expect ourselves to bloom 12 months a year. Yes. It's not possible. I think that too many people underestimate what they can do in five years and overestimate what they're supposed to have done in like a day or two. Because mm, they don't get yeah. it a day or two. It's like, oh, well, I have time. I'll do this or that. Not recognizing that those like the daily habits that you take for the next five years Mm. Or determining who and what you get to do yeah. five years from today. Yeah, yeah. Because consistency, little steps add up to big results. And we most of the time what we do, we we have the all or nothing mentality. Like I'm going to do everything right for the whole day today. And then the next day, if I cheat, I'm going to eat all kinds of crap all day long. It just doesn't work like that. I mean, you can eat some things that you shouldn't have and then just go back with compassion without guilt back to what you used to do mm -hmm. there is like there is a gray area it's not black and white and I used to do that a lot in my life 
Um, and I'm seeing that it's a lot of people around me. A lot of my clients are telling me, well, I just eat one bad thing and then the rest of the day is gone. And it's, it's like, like oh. that was maybe 1% of the choices you've made today. Yeah. What yeah. are you throwing this away for? Unless you're just looking for a reason to give up on yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I and think the, that's very real. Is subconsciously yeah. a lot of times we're giving ourselves, we're, we're trying to prove ourselves right in that we yeah. are healthy or healthy is too hard, or I'm mm -hmm. not capable of these changes. And so we look for opportunities to sabotage ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Be like, I told you I couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And this brings me back to my point of sitting with yourself. It's so important, like sitting with those uncomfortable emotions, because if, if people are doing it to give up on themselves, which we all used to do that, you know, we, we all do it from time to time, but the awareness comes from sitting, like catching that thought the moment it comes and sitting with that and letting that move through you and feeling like, why am I giving on myself or giving up on myself right now? Yeah. What, what is it like doing the inner work is the hardest stuff. And that's why a lot of people are not doing it so that it's not easy, but that's what reaps most results. And for me, the definition of health changed as soon as I learned how to reconnect with myself, both on a physical, mental, and emotional level, um, and stopped the external noise and stopped listening to what other people say or diet books say, or the latest trend like vegan or intermittent fasting or whatever. And I put my gut feeling, my intuition in the steering wheel of my life. Because you're so right. There might be a reason for you to be vegan. Mm -hmm. And for me, that comes from that choice should be determined, not because someone told you that it'll help you lose weight or that's the healthy way. That choice should come from you starting to pay attention to how you feel after you eat meat. Exactly. If your body is rejecting it every time that you eat chicken. Well, then chicken shouldn't be a part of your yeah. diet. Yeah. That's yeah. the determinant, not what you heard on that documentary. Yes. I became a vegan after I watched the documentary and and I still believe that cause, but it didn't work for my body, which was like the environmental effects of not being vegan. And I was always like, I want to think about the future of my kids and the grandkids. But then after becoming vegan and I did my blood test results, my sugar was high because I was eating everything on, on bread. It was all the health, healthy bread. But and then later on, I found out I was gluten sensitive. Mm. So, you know, it, it it's really on a scale like, yeah, I want to save the environment, but not at the cost of my health, because then what did I do? You know, like it has to be in balance. It has to work for you first because you can't help anybody or anything if you're not well. So. So you're also an intuitive eater. Do you find that mm -hmm. having become an intuitive eater has become like a superpower? Do you find that you are more in tune with things that are supposed to align in your life versus the ones you're supposed to say no to? Like opportunities um, and things like that. I, I am. I am definitely more intuitive. And I, I really, you know, I, the way I explain it to my clients is like, sometimes I wake up in the morning and I thought I was going to eat eggs yesterday. And this morning I'm like, I don't feel like eggs. I feel like something cooling. Hmm, what could be something cooling? Like I have that inner conversation with my body. Like, what do I feel like right now? It's almost like, you know, you ask a two-year-old and you're like, Hey honey, what do you want? What do you feel like today? And I talk to myself like that. What do you feel like today? You know, I love that. It's just like, yeah, I can change my mind. You know, that that thing that I'm craving is telling me something about my body, what it needs. And I honor that. I love that. I know from like, there is literally a feeling in my body. If someone recommends something in my stomach, I've learned that if it goes, eh, like it like gets yes. tense and like crunches, I'm like, yes. oh, you know, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. like, I really don't think that's a good choice today. Whereas last week, I may not have had that physical reaction. But who knows what happened in my week where my body's going like, mm -mm, that's not a good choice. Mm -hmm. Your body knows. And if you just yeah. to listen, I know for me, learning to listen has made relationships easier. Ones that I'm supposed to keep and ones I'm supposed to get rid mm -hmm. of. I was just going to say that. You read my mind. Right? Like your body, you start to recognize the tension 
and the like churning and like yeah. the discomfort. And it's just like that pause of like, huh, what's my body trying to tell me? Yeah. Yeah. And then honoring that and exploring what that is. Yeah. How do you, so you have, Melise has kids. Uh, yes. So how do you approach your kids so that with this philosophy? Well, I, I try to raise them in a way that they, they are in touch with their bodies as well. Sometimes they will be like, mom, I want another plate when I want this and I want that. And I go like, Hey, why don't you just close your eyes for a minute? Now it's your brain talking. Why don't you close your eyes and feel what your body is telling you? You know, I, I really try to teach them to, 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 to know that their instincts are the boss, not even me. Like if they're done eating, I will never tell them to finish their plate. I'm like, okay, great that you're telling me that you're full. And I love that they don't finish what's on their plate, which is not how I was raised. I was talking about the African kids and all that. So I really try to teach them that your their body is magical and their body is thriving, um, you know, given half a chance. You don't need to worry when you have sickness or anything that, you know, you know, you cut your finger or whatever. It knows what to do. It just knows what to do. Just let it let it do its job. Um, and when it comes to food, um, I try to teach them not only their their intuition is the boss, but also the world, the external noise is not the boss. There are different um, motives in the food industry, in the advert, you know, the commercials that they see. I always tell them you have to be your own advocate, and I'm I keep teaching them in a you know playful way. Now they know when they pick up blueberries, my seven-year-old said, mom, now I'm doing something really good for my brain, you know, or, you know, they just, I just engrave those little things, information into them so that they can be empowered. And it, there is no forbidden foods. Like I always tell them you can have a little, but you know, you know, how do you want to treat your body? Like, what do you think is the right amount for you? So empower them. I love that. I love the concept of teaching them early to have conversations with their body. Mm -hmm. like yeah. how does that make you feel or being able to help them as they get a little bit older if they realize that they're hungry or grumpy being able to be like huh, what did you what did we do earlier today to help them mm -hmm. start to connect yeah. those dots yeah mm -hmm. i think especially as women like we don't have a lot of opportunities to do that and we were never raised to do that like it's yes. just a different time and so i think mm -hmm. that's really cool um my yeah. brain just went blank. There's been planes. I live near a naval base and planes have been flying. And so oh, I'm just filling my brain. Um, so my brain just totally went blank. So mm -hmm. I'll cut this part out. <laughs> um, what do I want to ask you? We want to talk about Malise. Well, we, we were talking about um, what was the biggest lie that I was told. Mm, let's do that. That gets me all fired up. And oh, let's do that. So now that's what we talked about before. Okay. So let me, um, ask, let me, I'll paint the picture. So Malise. I know as a fellow, like, how do I even want to say this? I know for me as a wellness coach, there's a lot of things in the health industry that get under my skin. And I'm like, this is the kind of stuff that ticks me off because people are believing this crap and this is what's keeping them stuck and frustrated. Yes. What's something that does that for you? Um, for me, it's... Um... It's the perfect image that you see when you pick up a magazine, you go on social media, when you even watch the Oscars, everything looks too perfect. Mm. It doesn't, and then you believe that, well, I need to do everything perfectly, um, go to the gym regularly, never skip a beat, always eat healthy, those green salads, and I can never cheat. And, and if I'm not doing the whole thing, then I, I better do nothing because I can never get there. So again, it's the all or nothing mentality and the perfectionism. So the biggest lie that I, I think I was taught is that I have to be perfect and make no mistakes to thrive at anything. And it's not just health, uh, but it's quite the opposite because 
you can't thrive at, any, thrive at anything unless you make mistakes initially. Everyone goes through peer, you know, stages of bad, mediocre, good, and excellent. Nobody's born knowing what to do something excellently. And um, I even talk about this to my kids when they're about to play a new sport for the first time. You know, my little one will be like, but I don't know how to play. Everybody will, when I go, everybody will know how to play basketball. And I'm like, nobody was born playing basketball. And you will fall, you will get up, you will make mistakes. And those mistakes are the ones that you're going to remember and learn. And you will just get better at it. And I now take that script that I use with my kids, with myself, with my business, with my um, health. And I say, you know what? If I'm making a mistake, I'm actually proud of myself because it means I'm getting out of my comfort zone. I'm trying something new and I'm growing and I'm letting it go before I was getting stuck on the, you know, a little typo or if I just, you know, my tongue got twisted when I was saying something. And I'm like, actually, I love that. It just means I'm, I'm making, you know, not, uh, I'm making a progress towards getting away from perfectionism. So mm -hmm. I, I just, um, you can cut this part out. <laughs> yeah. um, they say perfectionism is the lowest standard you can have for yourself, which mm -hmm. is like a mind mess for me. Because when you think of perfectionism, you think the highest caliber and something that has, there is no flaws, that there is nothing that can be improved. And in reality, that doesn't exist. Like there's always something that can improve because even if let's say that you become really militant and you follow the perfect diet plan that is meant to keep you shredded 24 seven so that your abs pop and you look like a fitness cover model 24 seven, there's always something to learn because if you're paying attention to your body, there might be, there's going to be days where you physically might need more carbohydrates in your day, or you might mm -hmm. need more protein, or you might need to take a rest day from the gym. And that can't be figured out in a program that can't be yes. figured out in like a step-by-step -step guide that someone prints you on day one. It's such an integrative yeah. experience that there's always something to tweak and do a little differently for optimal performance of whatever it is you're working on. Yeah. It's almost interactive. I feel like. And yes. That's, I love that interactive. Your health. You get the feedback and then you tweak it according to the feedback you get from your body. Um, and it really also, you might need carbs or what I was going to give you an example about is about my health. I'm not perfectionist anymore. I used, I, it used to be that, you know, I'm on a diet or I'm doing this kind of eating and I'm, no, never, you know, if I was a guest somewhere, but I'm not touching the cheese, I'm not touching this. And right now I'm like, you know what? I know that if I restrict myself and I get out of this table and I had my eye on that thing, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, in a week from now, I will splurge at the most unexpected moment. And so there's a saying in Turkish, it's like the, the right of eye, like you, your eye was on it and you can have a little bit of taste for something from something that you shouldn't have and give yourself grace and just go back to what you were doing. I don't beat myself up. I'm like, you know what? I, I deserve to get a taste of that cake. And that's the real empowerment to mm -hmm. be able to take that one spoon and stop and be satisfied and not to beat yourself up. Yes. I think that's the, the biggest thing that I learned throughout the years is to you know, round the uh, pointy edges, the rough edges, and be more more flexible around that too. Oh, that's so beautiful. I agree. It's learning why when I started, when I was saying no to things, me pausing and saying, why is this a no? Mm. Is it a no because someone told me that I'm not supposed to have this? Is mm -hmm. it a no because I felt like I ate too much earlier today and now I feel like I need to restrict myself because I overdid it? Or is it a no because my body's saying like, mm, this isn't a good choice for us right now? 
and mm-hmm. that mm, this isn't a good choice for us right now is a very different intention behind yeah. no that's because you feel like you don't deserve something yes else. yes and there's also another thing that comes up when you give me that example what what it used to be for me is this is a no because i know that if i start i won't be able to stop mm-hmm. so i used to be like that that's with a fair thing too yeah mm-hmm and, and it's a fair thing to know yourself and yes. to say, hey, you know what? I have a weakness for this thing. So I should just stay away from it. That That is self-awareness and knowing yourself. So yes. it's that's also a huge power. And it's, it has nothing to do with willpower and discipline. Mm-hmm. And you can tell me if you agree or disagree. But for me, it's like knowing that when I eat this, this isn't a me thing, but there's something in this food that triggers a chemical reaction in my body that causes me to overeat. And I don't like the way I feel when I do that. Mm-hmm. That's self-awareness. And that's a really good reason to say no, thank you. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's yeah. I love how you depersonalized it. And it's like, you made it factual, like the chemical reaction. You're not in control of the chemical reaction because they do make these foods addictive, sort of like there are chemicals that you are not in control of once you put that thing in your mouth. So yeah. And being knowing and having the power to say, Hey, you know what? I don't want to go down that rabbit hole again. Yeah. Right. Not right now. Maybe another day. It gives you so much power because then, like you said, on another day where, you know what, it's like, we'll use chocolate, for example. It's like, you know, I really do want that piece of chocolate. It gives you the power to know that when you notice that you just like went off the deep end and lost control to be able to pause and not blame yourself, but recognize why you made those choices because of earlier. And it's like, okay, I know what to do. Let me go get a plate of veggies. Let me get some water and let me go for a walk to help my body, like re-regulate itself. And it completely takes, at least for me, it's taking away so much of the guilt, shame, and blame. And it's just things I'm more relaxed. I feel like my nervous system is more level, like 92% of the day now compared mm-hmm. to like always heightened and antsy. Like it's just kind of yeah. like, huh. And I notice that I am so much calmer when it comes to work things and stress, other things that would send people off a cliff for stress. It's just kind of like, oh, pause. Let's just evaluate the situation. Mm-hmm. And then like, let's go for it. Have you noticed that as well? Absolutely, absolutely. For me, um, again, like you said, the pause, when I'm about to uh, notice that I'm actually, you know, I open the pantry and I see that chocolate and I'm like, hmm, what do I really need right now? Because I know that after that piece of chocolate, whatever I really need is not going to be satisfied. What do I really need right now? Do I need to go talk to my husband? Do I need to go lie down and rest? Do I need to finish that project that I've been postponing for the last, you know, 15 days? What is the unease? And do I really need to make lunch and put chocolate on the side as part of my lunch? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is, like really having that internal conversation and understand like, what is the underlying thing that is pushing me towards those choices that I know I don't want to make? And what am I trying to soothe right now? That's the question. What you said is, do I really need to go have a talk with my husband? (laughs) (laughs) It can happen. Relationships, Relationships are a huge reason for people to overeat because people, um, you know, they don't speak up always, or they avoid the hard conversations. And the hard conversations are the biggest favor you can do uh, to your health, actually, or to your relationship, because you just push it under the rug, and that just piles up. It's true. And like you were saying, you're like, the the antsiness, and sometimes eating soothes the antsiness, because it gives you something to do. Absolutely. Like, calm and regulate your nervous system in that moment, even if it makes you feel like crap, or you're hating yourself the whole time. It helps. It's just part of that processing. So I love that it's an escape escape activity and there could be many escape activities some people you know scroll some people work you know overwork some people over obsess about their kids you know it's all about the kids you can find anything to escape that real true unease and if you're really honest with yourself 
if you ask yourself right now, those who are listening, you will know what that unease is that needs to be addressed. The one pain point that is causing you to choose all those habits that you don't want to have anymore. It's so true. I've never heard the phrase escape activity, but I just wrote that down because that is, I don't know that I've ever heard anyone describe that so succinctly and that's like perfect because that's exactly what it is you're escaping whether it's uncomfortable because you're working on a project you don't want to work on you're uncomfortable because you don't want to have this uncomfortable conversation with your partner or your kid or whoever and it's like you're doing something else to replace that activity Mm -hmm. most of the time it's food because it's easy and it's right there and it's convenient and the other thing is um you know this is by janine roth she's an expert in emotional eating and some one thing that i read in her books in one of her books stayed with me and she said when you are eating and you're really, really sad um, and you don't really want to talk to anybody, people pass by. And if you're eating, you look busy. People people won't approach you. People won't bother. You look busy and you just kind of like create that space. Yes. It's like, yeah, well, I'm eating. I'm hungry. But you're sad. But you're just like covering it up with eating or whatever feeling that it's is. so true. So, I, oh, my God. That's so true. Did anyone else just have like one of those light bulb moments? Because I just did. And it's interesting because I had just had a conversation with um, a friend, my friend Shannon, and I was taught, we were talking about networking and I was sharing like my best tips for a great networking event. And I had shared that becoming really skilled at networking had actually led to me eating less at networking events. Mm-hmm. I was using food as a way to like avoid looking like I was standing by myself. Uh-huh. But at yeah. the same time, it was probably also making sure that no one came and talked to me because I didn't know how to talk to people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very understandable. Understandable. I mean, it, it, those are uncomfortable, by the way. I hate standing in a big crowd and trying to figure out who should I go to first. You know, it is it is an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. Wow. That's like is like the same concept, but from a slightly different angle. And that just mm-hmm. broke my brain a little bit. Oh, that's so good. Melise, I'm curious, how has this way of living, the way that you live and the way you teach your clients to live, how has it made you a better parent? Um. I really um, have the space um, to respond instead of reacting when they cannot regulate themselves. So when I meet my own needs and when I fill my own cup, both physically and mentally and emotionally, um, and I, I sh- and then I show up from a place of um, a regulated nervous system, really. And that has changed the way I approach them, that the way I can hold space for them, and the way I can lend my prefrontal cortex to them when they're uh, dysregulated. So, um, and also, I think when you invest into your own well-being, um, because it involves so much being present and in the moment, then I'm more in the moment when I'm with my kids. I learn to be in the moment when I'm working to do single-pointed focus and not have FOMO because that really reduces the work, the stress level, not the work level, the stress level. But I do the same thing with my kids. So that increased my gratitude and joy when I'm with them because I'm I'm 100% appreciating that laughter or the way they're telling me a story or that cuddle or, you know, that first time that my son reads something. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, so I have more appreciation because I'm more present in the moment. But this is not happening just because I read somewhere, be present in the moment, because this is a a series of habits that I'm like, as a whole, I'm applying in my life to be present with my own stuff, including the uncomfortable stuff. Oh my God, that's beautiful. Now did, if that's the parent you are now, was there, did your kids get a different parent at a different time in life or had you become this more aware person before you had kids? No, I I think um, 
before the accidents, the accidents, I was more like a, you know, a dog uh, chasing its tail. I was like constantly getting things done, constantly like, okay, I'm going to cook now or five, five minutes, let me just make these healthy muffins. Like, and it was just, I realized that this kind of um, upregulated nervous system was, was spreading into my house like a contagious virus. And I always joke that my kids have each, every, each and every kid, they have spider sense. They, they tingle, they feel what you feel as a parent. They just, you know, right away, the vibrancies kind of like um, match each other. So I see if I just say, you know what, this afternoon, yeah, I do need to cook, but first I need to sit down on the couch and just, you know, stretch my legs for 15 minutes. I see that it, those kids who were running around like crazy when I was, you know, trying to you were running the rat race dishes in 30 minutes when I lie down on the couch they come and lie down with me and they're like hey mom can I snuggle with you so we, they just match that energy so it really is a dance and we forget so often in the world that we are all one and we are all part of a big system it really shows in the smallest unit in the family but it's not limited to the family we all interact and we all exchange energy so when I learn to you know, it's almost like a hologram. I see like align my soul and my body and my soul is not like, hey, where are you running? I can't catch you. When they're aligned, then I'm a more grounded person. And when I'm more grounded, um, the energy of everyone around me changes. And that is, I think, a beautiful gift. I think that was so beautifully stated. And as you were talking, I'm just nodding over here because I get it. And it's so, and it boggles my brain how many women think I don't have time for my health because everyone else, I have all this stuff at work and my kids need to go here and there. And they think that they, that their health and well-being in running themselves ragged isn't affecting everyone else. Whereas deep down inside, they know it is, but they don't really know how to fix it. But, but really you do know how to fix it because as soon as you learn how to take care of yourself and I'm not talking like a bath bomb and a massage, yeah. <laughs> like those are nice. They feel good. Yeah. Um, but when you really learn how to take care of yourself from the food you put in the bo your body to the way you move your body, that's really how you give the best of you to those around you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I was just listening to something the other day and um, the, the statement was the greatest gift you can give to your children is your happiness. Because when you're depressed, anxious or stressed or whatever uncomfortable feeling you're having, they absorb it right away. And once they absorb it, not only they feel the same things, now they make it about themselves and feel like there's something wrong with them. So really investing into ourselves with these little steps. Again, people get overwhelmed. I have some clients who still will tell me that, oh, but I don't have time. I have so much on my plate. Like this requirement to invest into myself is like another thing to do on my to-do list. And I keep saying it's the thing that will make all the other things easier on your to-do list. You know, it's like people don't understand what a catalyzer it is. Once you start filling your own cup, everything else that seems harder, it's going to be easier because it's like you're trying to go on a NASCAR race without any gas in you for like 40 years now. What do you expect? Of course, you're burned out. <laughs> how do we get into a world where taking care of yourself is a chore? Like, how is that? Like, I don't have time for that. That's I don't have anywhere on my to do list for it. It's like. It's not a chore. And if you think about it like a chore, I understand why you're resisting it because that seems hard and no one wants to do work. But if yeah. it is truly, if you're going from the approach of like, how am I going to feel my best today so that I can get through all the things that I actually are on my to-do list? 
it's no like it's it's no longer chore it's like choices for what you're doing to get through your day yeah. and it's like yeah. okay well i'm gonna need to have a really good breakfast or i'm not gonna make it to that noon meeting without biting someone's head off and if i don't find time today to go for a walk you know what i'm probably gonna be a really horrible person and snap at my kids later that's a reason to go for a walk exactly like exactly i call it the check engine light when i you know when i go off track and if i snap at my kids i'm like that's my check engine light and this is exactly why i should have gone to bed on time last night or whatever it is it's like there are these little warnings that if you pause for like a millisecond and say hey you know what i know exactly why this happened and i'm just going to do better tomorrow i'm not going to judge myself but i know what i need to change tomorrow it's that approach to our towards ourselves and also what i see with the people that i work with is they think they need to do everything i teach them overnight yeah i'm like if you don't have time to go to a full on fitness class every day it doesn't mean you shouldn't move for 7 days when you have if your kids are young and you can't go to the gym and you have 5 minutes you can walk around your building once you know it's like what can you do with what you have right now what can i do yeah yeah Not what do, can i do but what can i do that is a step forward oh yeah yeah baby steps do what you have do what you can with what you have is what i like my mantra to myself like this is what i have so i'm going to do it oh this has been such a good chat so as we're wrapping up, is there anything, Melise, that is on your heart right now that we didn't talk about that you want to share or any final like tips or tricks you want to send people out into the world? With? Absolutely. Yeah, I have actually three tips if you want to. I would love to hear your three tips. Yeah, if you want to change towards your best self, number one would be sit with your feelings and definitely schedule quiet time daily, whether it's five minutes, one minute or one hour is up to you. But it's because if you can't identify where you are right now, you can't get to your destination. Just like in the GPS, you have to know your starting point so that you know what it takes to go from where you are to where you want to go. But if you're not looking within, you're not going to know where you are right now. So that's number one. And number two is uh, prioritize your um, prioritize nutrient density, sleep, and stress management like your life depends on it, because it does. And lastly, uh, I'm going to talk about community because when you surround yourself with people who make your nervous system relaxed, and who, who have the healthy and thriving life you want, you, the chances of you getting there are much higher because studies show that you are you become an average of the five closest people to you. So look around you, see who's around you, and try to have a circle that supports your ideal life goals. Oh, I love that so much. Sit with your feelings, prioritize nutrient sleep and decrease stress and have a community that is aligned with the vision of your version of health. Yes. Um, and I really like that last one, Elise, because it's true when you're surrounded by people who have similar philosophy as you, there's less resistance yes. and it's easier to just flow. Yes. Yes. You don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to say, no, I'm not having this and feel like the outsider. It's just, it just flows. Like you said. So good. So Melise, I am so excited that we got to chat today. How do, if other people love you as much as I do, um, how do they connect with you after the show? Okay, so because I uh, help moms, I have prepared this um, ebook that is a five no-brainer dinners for busy nights with recipes for each night. Because what I do as a very, very busy mom with two super active boys, I know what it means to try to you know, squeeze in a healthy meal when they come back from school and you have 30 minutes and they're jumping around. So those are no-brainer recipes that are healthy. And I'm just going to bust the myth that you have to spend hours in the kitchen to live a healthy life. What I do is I have like maybe 10, 15 of those meal plans in my repertoire and I just rotate them every week and I don't have to think every morning, what should I cook today? So I want to take that mental load of like, what the heck should I cook today? And do I need to go to the grocery? 
So I have all the meals planned for five weeknights I, or any, any night of the week with uh, healthy ingredients, uh, quality ingredients, what kind of quality ingredients they should choose and the recipes. So that is something that they can um, get from me for free. And if they just DM me the word cook, uh, I will just send it to them right away. Oh my goodness. If you, whether you are a mom or not, we all need quick and easy dinner ideas. Go DM Melise the word cook over on Instagram and snag that. And with that, thank you so much for being here. That's two humans talking. I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you for having me. Bye.